thank everyone for coming tonight on behalf of Pastor, who's still vacation. He'll be back Sunday. Do you miss him? Miss him. And I want to thank him for trusting me. That's dangerous. But give him honor. Thank you for coming tonight. Everyone on Facebook, if you're watching, thank you for joining in. I know it's tough sometimes in your home. But I'm going to go right into the Word. And this message is sort of out of my personality, maybe out of my characteristic, characteristic, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. Because I really feel like it's the right time and the right purpose, the right season. 1 Kings 14, 1 through 10. It says, at the time Jeroboam's son, Abijah, came, became very sick. So Jeroboam told his wife, disguise yourself so that no one will recognize you as my wife. Then go to the prophet Ahijah at Shiloh, the man who told me I would become king. Take him ten loaves of bread, some cakes, and a jar of honey, and ask him what will happen to the boy. So Jeroboam's wife went to Ahijah's home at Shiloh. He was an old man now and could no longer see, but the Lord had told Ahijah, Jeroboam's wife, will come here pretending to be someone else. She'll ask you about her son, for he is very sick. And the answer that I give you will be what I want you to say. So Ahijah heard her footsteps at the door, and he called out, Come in, wife of Jeroboam. Why are you pretending to be someone else? Give your husband, Jeroboam, this message from the Lord, the God of Israel. I promoted you from the ranks of common people and made you ruler over my people of Israel. And I took it away from the family of David, gave it to you, but you have not been like my servant David, who obeyed my commands and followed me with all his heart. And he did whatever I wanted him to do. You have done more evil than all who lived before you. You've made other gods yourself and have made me furious with your gold calves. So since you've turned your back on me, I will bring disaster on your dynasty. And I will destroy every one of your male descendants. Um, I'm going to go to Romans 13 and 14 where it says this. Put on. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And don't let yourself think about ways to indulge the desires of your flesh. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to talk to us for a little bit tonight about the disguise of the church. The disguise of the church. I'm going to blow my nose in my mask. Nobody else wore it. Don't freak out. It's crazy to think that in two months, in two months, we're going to be entering into the fall season. In two months. Only about four months until Christmas. But in a couple of months, it's going to be October. And October is known for what? Halloween. Now, I'm not in any way glorifying Halloween, and I know we're not supposed to say Halloween inside the church building because people get all weird about it. But instead, we have fall festivals. We have, we have fall parties. One man said a fall party is just a Halloween party that got saved. 
But in 2019, the U.S. spent $8.8 billion just on Halloween. $8.8 billion from candy to costumes to yard decorations. $8.8 billion. When Halloween comes around, though, the main feature of that holiday are what? The costumes. People will go out and search from store to store and find, spend hours online trying to find the most creative, the most clever costume. The word costume means this. One definition says a, a style of dress, including accessories that are particular or peculiar to a nation or region. Another one said a garb a characteristic of another period, place, or person. Then there's a twofold meaning of the word costume. Number one is to disguise or cover up. The second is a fashion of dress appropriate to an occasion or season. In other words, this two-part definition has a positive meaning, and then it has a negative meaning at the same time. One says disguise, one says cover up, and the other says it's appropriate. For a certain occasion or season. And I want to touch on the first one really quick. The first definition, and that means a disguise, a cover-up. We read where Jeroboam told his wife to disguise yourself so they won't recognize you as my wife. Anybody ever told their wife that? No? Okay, you liars. See, Jeroboam is king of Judah. But he has not served God since the day he became king. The last time Jeroboam had even spoken to the prophet of God was when the prophet had told him he would be the king. But after that, Jeroboam began to build statues and he began to build idols. And he taught the the nation of, of Israel how to worship idols. But then his son became sick. It's interesting that when trouble hits his home, he said, now let's go talk to the prophet. Now let's go see the man of God. Now let's go to church. It's funny how trouble can redirect our focus. Up until this point, he had no desire to serve God. But when trouble hit his home, he said, I need to hear a word from God. My question to Jeroboam is, why didn't you go to the prophet? Why didn't you go? But the Bible says he sent his wife, and he said, you cannot go the way you are. But he made her disguise herself, because see, we haven't been living completely for God, and the only way we're going to be able to get one over on the old prophet is just to get a word, is to come, not how we really are, but how we want him to see us, just so we can hear what we want to hear. So put on a costume so he won't see you for who you are, but he'll give you what you want. And I want to tell us tonight and even remind myself, sin has a costume. Sin always has a costume. In order for sin to be successful in our lives, it will never show up for what it really is. Sin will always disguise itself so you don't recognize it at first. First it looks good. First it looks attractive. First it looks seductive. But it never shows you the end result. It will always come in a way that seems so good. Satan can appear as an angel of light, the Bible says. It will only show you the pleasure of that moment, but never the end. 
It will always show you the now, never the later. That the, the same way each year that costumes get bigger and more attractive, sin will do the exact same thing in your life every year to catch your attention. Sin will always keep up with the trends. Always. Sin only has one mission, and that is to destroy. It can show up in suave personalities. It can show up in relationships. It can show up in false religions. It can even show up disguised in church. But sin will always have on its best costume. If I could address our, our, our saints, the older saints, the elders of this church, I ask you, now is the time for you to pray over this younger generation more than ever before. More than ever before, please pray over this younger generation. I want to talk to our students and our, our young adults, our hyphen for a minute, even, even the young marrieds, my age, young men, that's, that, that's, that's, that's 40 and under. But young men, it, it, it's time to put on the mind of Christ and be what he's called you to be. Be what he's called you to be. And that is what? Men of God. Masculinity in our culture is being attacked every day more and more. And sadly, it's even being slowly pushed out of our churches. We've got way too many men prancing around on stages and preaching and leading worship without any bit of masculinity behind it. Young men, stand strong in your faith. Stand strong in the word of God. Keep being a man. We need you to be men. They need us to be men. Stay strong in the faith. Young ladies, you're living in a time where the culture says it's acceptable and totally okay to put yourself all over social media, sell your body all over TikTok and all over Snapchat just to get clicks and likes. It may be disguised as social media, but it's virtual prostitution is all it is. Wake up. It's okay to do that, but it's not okay to come in church and worship. It's not okay to come in church and dance. What, what is wrong with us? Find your value in God. Quit hiding behind some screen. Be who he's called you to be. I worry about this generation. Even the generation growing up in church, I worry about us. I look at, I look at the, the, so the 15s and the 18-year-olds, and I worry about them because it seems like in this movement, it seems like if they don't have value unless they're married by the time they turn 20. That's hard to swallow, but it's true. Everybody goes to camp to find somebody. To find somebody. So obsessed with I just have to find the one or people will think there's something wrong with me. Trust me, there's probably more married people looking at you single people saying, ah, I wish I was single. <laughs> Thinking there's something wrong with me because I haven't found someone yet. And we get so consumed with finding the one instead of letting God tell us who we need to be with, we tell him who we want, and we end up marrying unbelievers in church disguised as believers. Listen, just because he's a preacher doesn't mean he's right. 
Just because she sings on the platform doesn't mean she's right. It's not really about what happens on this stage. If they can't worship outside of these four walls, you don't need them. But sin will not come at you directly. The enemy can add just enough spiritual twist to it. That's why he tried to get Jesus when he tempted him. He quoted a little scripture with a little twist. So it sounded so spiritual. But the Bible says we have to learn to discern spirits. The Bible says in the last days we will give in to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. We're living in a time where everything is disguised. Everything is disguised. It won't look like what you think it's going to look like. It won't say, if you take me now, you'll be addicted later. It won't say, if you sleep with me now, I'm not going to show you the STDs here. And I'm not going to show you the pregnancy and the shame later. It will never show you the end result. Sin will always have different forms. To Adam, sin's disguise was the sweetness of a fruit. To Judas, the disguise was a bag of silver. To David, it was a beautiful woman. To Samson, it was the hands of Delilah. To Lot, it was a beautiful form. But this is what happens when you strip away sin's costume. Adam had spiritual death. David seen a beautiful woman, but he didn't know she would lead to an innocent man being killed and a baby dying and years of dysfunction in the family. Samson didn't know that the soft touch of Delilah would result in his eyes being gouged out and losing vision for his life. Being less than what God created you to be. I'm not here to speak bad things over us tonight, but I have to tell you and I have to tell myself and remind us that sin is still real. It's still real that the enemy is still alive. He's still here, and we have to stay alert and pray because he is still the master of lies. Jeroboam's wife walked through the streets, and no one recognized her. No one recognized her. They didn't see it for what it was. You need to declare every day over our lives, God, give me discernment like never before. I will not be hoodwinked. I will not be bamboozled. I'm not going for, to fall for a fake. I'm not going to fall for a counterfeit. The Bible says I have not made you ignorant to the tricks of the enemy. He can give us discernment, but you got to ask for it. You gotta ask for it. You gotta see it for what it is if you really want to. So Jeroboam told his wife, take ten loaves of bread, uh, some cakes, and a jar of honey. And see, if you hadn't figured it out yet, Jeroboam's wife was a queen. She was a queen. But the things that she was carrying revealed the type of disguise that she was wearing. See, bread and cakes and honey was considered peasant gifts and food for farmers' wives. Kings and queens never brought gifts of that kind. So what I'm trying to say and get across to us is anytime you start disguising your life and you try to cover up yourself in a costume, costumes will make you lay down your royalties only to pick up rags. Because of her costume, she could not bring her best. 
she could only bring the bare minimum. Because whenever you try to be anything other than what God called you to be, you will never be the best at it. You are the best you that you can ever be. Don't you try to be anything else. More than just what he called you to be. He did not make a mistake. He did not make an accident. You're an original. So please, elder, do not die being a copy. Your sons, your daughters of Christ, don't wear rags when you've been called to be royalty. Jeroboam told his wife, disguise yourself and go to Shiloh. Why is that important? Shiloh was the religious center for the nation. It was the location of the tabernacle during that time. What is he saying? Disguise yourself when you go to Shiloh. Or disguise yourself when you go to church. Pretend like everything is good and everything is in place. Put up a front. Put up an image to make everyone think that it's all good when you walk in church. Some people in church, they get upset when you mention Halloween. But the reality is most of us spend Halloween every day of our lives. We put on masks every day. We say, oh, I bind this spirit and I bind that spirit. And yet we come in on Sunday covered up pretending to be something that we're not. We wonder why we're not effective sometimes. That's why we got to realize we're all in this process together. All of us. All of us. Even you prayed in your closet today, great. If I didn't, guess what? Me and you are still in this process together. We're all in this progress. We're a work in progress. We all got something that we got to work on. All of us. The house of God, though was never meant for you to come in with a costume on. Never. The house of God was meant for you to come in and encounter Jesus. Encounter him. This is what made Jesus so mad at the religious people. He was tired of the religious disguises. He said, you look good in your suit. But on the inside, there's bitterness. On the inside, there's unforgiveness. On the inside, there's a judgmental attitude. On the inside, there's jealous spirits. Jesus didn't go to the cross so we could come in with our costumes. Look, there's a difference between between being whitewashed and washed white. There's a big difference. They were white on the outside. Because religion can only whitewash you. It can only paint you up to look real pretty. But the blood of Jesus washes you white. Though your sins were as scarlet, but I shall make you white as snow. And Timothy said this. He said, we've got to get away from having a form of godliness. But denying his power. Meaning denying the word of God. Denying the presence of God from molding me and shaping me and getting in the areas of my life and doing a deep work. We walk around smiling and saying, oh, I'm just blessed. Everything's okay. Form. I'm good. I'm just Form. I don't have to walk to the front. I'm good. I don't need to pray. Form. Form. You don't have to fake it until you make it. 
You don't have to be a counterfeit. See, whatever is a counterfeit can never be authentic. Don't fake it, but instead try to have some faith until you can make it there. Faith is not denial, but faith is denying the fact that I'm going to stay in this condition. Faith looks at my issues and says, yes, I'm messed up. Yes, I'm jacked up. But my God is still greater at the end of the day. Yes, I fall sometimes, but God is still greater. I might have said something today I shouldn't have said, but guess what? My God is still greater. He's greater than my issues. My home life may not be what I want it to be, but he's still greater. Greater than my pain. Greater than my issues, greater than my shame. He's greater. So the Bible said the prophet, the man of God, was blind. And he was old. He's, he's lost his eyesight. And here they are over here putting on costumes to disguise themselves. And the prophet can't even see anyway. Because anytime you try to disguise yourself, it will always be worthless. But God spoke to him and he said this, Jeroboam's wife is coming to see you and she will be disguised and you will tell her what I tell you. And as she is walking up to the door, the prophet says this, Hello, Jeroboam's wife. That's what he said. I think that's what he said. Maybe not like that. Can you imagine the look on her face, though? She's creeping up. She's disguised. And he says, hello, Jeroboam's wife. The Bible says this. He heard her footsteps. Because, see, when we try to fake and phony and wear a disguise, I don't care how good you look, you'll always have a different sound about you. They will say, I know it looks good. I know it looks right. But something about it just don't sound right. It was a sound that revealed her. The prophet, being the mouthpiece of God, asked this, Why? Why are you disguising yourself? The prophet represented the voice of God. And we read this, and and just reading over it, we may think, oh, God's angry again. But understand this, he did not ask her that in an angry manner. But instead, he was saying, why are you disguised? Why are you disguised? You don't have to do this. You don't have to pretend around me. You don't have to go through all this trouble. You don't have to cover up. Why are you holding back from me? And as I close, as I wrap this up, I believe God is saying to us, to me, and anyone who's listening, you don't ever have to pretend. You don't ever have to fake. You don't have to hide the things that happened in the past. You don't have to hide behind them. You don't ever have to pretend. Hebrews 4 and 13 said this, all things are naked and open in my sight. All things. I see what's really going on. But not only do I see what's going on, but I can help you Get it right. If you will be willing to confess to me what's really going on. Because see, Jesus hung on the cross 
not naked, not, not, not covered up, but naked and uncovered. He hung there uncovered so that we do not have to cover up. He covered up our sins on the cross. He covered the sin so we don't have to. Could we stand together? I know we have to respect social distance, and there's no altar call tonight, but could we close our eyes? Could we close our eyes tonight? No, I don't want anyone looking around, even myself. I want to say to us tonight, you don't have to cover up. You don't have to put on that disguise. You don't have to fake it in front of God. We try so hard to clean up the outside first. But God says, I want to get on the inside and clean you up first. And then the thing on the inside will start to make itself known on the outside. The cross says you don't have to put on a costume. But what the cross says is you can put on Christ. So many times, so many times. We worry about what we have to put off so we can put Jesus on. But I promise us, I promise us, if you will just put him on, other things will begin to just start falling off. And you'll realize, I didn't even need that in the first place. Put him on through the word of God. Put him on through worship. Put him on by coming to church even when it's hard. Don't provide your flesh an opportunity to jack you up. Put on Jesus. Can you lift your hands tonight? Can we lift our hands? With our eyes closed and our hands lifted, God is wanting to draw us with love. Not guilt, not shame, but with love and mercy. This is an opportunity not to have to lay hands on anyone or anyone lay hands on you, but this is an opportunity. Young people, students, you don't have to be scared because no one's looking at you. This is an opportunity for all of us to have a personal prayer room in this building right now, just you and God. I know we can't lay hands, but God sees our limitations. He says, if you would just make a prayer room with me, I'll move in. And what you can't do with the laying on in the hands, you can do by speaking the word of God into existence. Speak that need. Speak that name that needs him. That's it. Begin to cry out to him. Jesus, we need you. Jesus, we need you. Elders, I plead with you, if there's things that you haven't taken care of, please take this moment to let God begin to move. We need you, elders. We need you. Young people, students, young adults, take this time to get right with Him. Take this time to get right with Him. Parents, take this time to get right with Him. You've been living casual life, not knowing what's going on. Take this time to get right with Him. You owe it to yourself. I owe it to myself. We owe it to Him. You owe it to your children and their children. Take this time. Take this moment to uncover. Let Him move. If someone is on your heart, on, their, on your mind, begin to speak their name. Faith is here. God is here. This is your chance. Show the enemy that no matter what phase of a virus we're in, we can still have a move of God. That's it. Would you cry out to him? Would you make your voice heard? 
Make your presence known in the midst of your enemy, in the midst of your struggles, in the midst of your trials, in the midst of your insecurities, in the midst of your addictions. Would you make your presence known that I'm still here? You couldn't kill me yet. I'm still standing. I'm not going anywhere, devil. I'm not going anywhere. But I'm going to stay here. I'm going to stay here. Please don't stop. Please don't stop praying. We're not trying to manufacture a move, but God is here. He's here. I've never struggled so much with a message. He's here. If you'll just whisper his name.